The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 6th or 20th chapter. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you all to be seated. So uh, there are lots of different ways I, I could be playful with this text. You know, it's called the Beatitudes, you know, in, in Luke. The, you know, these are the things that are blessings when we suffer, blessings when we hurt, blessings when we're afraid, blessings when people talk bad about us. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's something in some ways that's all about attitude is one way I've heard it preached. Because if we, when we are sad, think about the, the good things that are to come, well, maybe it'll take our mind off of being sad. I've never much believed that, partly because when I'm miserable, boy, I'm miserable. I'm, I'm not a person of many policies, but I do have one ironclad policy, a general one against pain. Just in general, I, pain is not something I'm a fan of, but a very specific policy against pain that involves me. And so if I go to the dentist or I have the doctor do something where they give me some anesthetic, you better believe that if they don't take me seriously when I say I don't want to feel a thing, they will take me seriously by the time we have finished that procedure. And, and so when Jesus says, blessed are you when you're poor and when you weep and when you're hungry, and if you look at me, you know I don't like to be hungry. You know, it, it may tell you that I'm not necessarily looking for a lot of blessing, right? But... Then there's that other side. I, we have a, there's an old blues song that says, uh, baby, I was built for comfort. I sure wasn't built for speed. And, and again, I think about that as it applies to me. And, you know, bless, woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full. Woe to you who are happy because all these things will end. And I want to point something out. This isn't one of those sermons where someone says, so you better believe this. So you better do this. So you better watch out. I think more what this is saying is that every experience that we have is something that is fleeting. And in the kingdom of God, the pain that we have will be something that transforms into joy. And also, when I hear Jesus say the woe to use, I think it's also that this might be something that has more to do with attitude than not. Because when I make a mistake and something goes wrong, when I try something and I fail, when something doesn't work out the way I want it to, 
what do you think I do? I do the same thing as everyone else. I sit down and I do a post-mortem and I think, okay, what are the things that went wrong? What could I have done differently? How could I have gotten the outcome that I really wanted? How could I, how could I have said that better and all those other things? But when something goes right, it's because I'm pretty smart, right? And I don't spend an awful lot of time thinking about why things went right in the same way I do as when something went wrong. And, and so there's a way in which maybe this one is about attitude because when things are going well, we don't necessarily always do a lot of planning for what will happen when the tide eventually does very predictably turn. But more than that, I think it's important on a day like this, All Saints Day, when we remember those we love and yet have lost, when while on the one hand we do look forward to the joy of the resurrection when we'll see people again and we'll all be, I don't know, you think of all the songs that say well, what's going to happen, you know, we'll dance with Jesus or something, that's all fine. I simply trust that whatever God has in store for us is good. I, I don't know that I can define any of that. But it satisfies me that what God has in store for us is something that is good because God promises love. And I can deal with love as promised by God. But at that time, when the resurrection comes and we do see people again, it will be great joy. But now, now, now our hearts are left broken. Now our hearts are left sad. Now our hearts are left bargaining and angry and frustrated and worrying and wondering and everything is left unfinished. And now, even though I might have hope for relief in the future, as I said to the children, so now I say to you, has anybody in the history of feeling better ever been made to feel better by someone saying, well, why don't you just feel better? That, that's not very comforting, is it? Because it takes our pain and turns it into a statement about somebody else's discomfort in sitting in that pain with us. The people we remember in our lives are sometimes the ones who make us laugh. But more frequently, they are the ones who took time in the moments when we are feeling down, when we're feeling lost, when we're feeling broken, when we're feeling afraid, when we're feeling worthless. And they treated us with the basic human dignity of being willing to sit with us in that space, not necessarily trying to make us feel any better, but somehow making us feel better because we're not alone in our, in our brokenness or in our tears or in our anger or in our pain. And that, for me, is why I like All Saints Sunday so much. It's because we can tell the stories of our loss through worship. We can tell the stories of our pain through gathering as a community and speaking names out loud. We can, we can speak those things that we dare not speak so frequently because we're afraid sometimes of the things that they'll stir up in our hearts. Talking about ugly crying with children. Talking about what loss feels like with both children and adults and thinking about those people we really miss. This is how we create together a space that is not just worshipful, but sacred. This is at the core of our tradition, at the core of our faith, that God's love is demonstrated not simply through parties, but through the death and resurrection of Jesus. The love of God is perfected on a cross and fulfilled in an empty tomb because God does not leave us to suffer alone.
So on, on this All Saints Day, as I say these hard things that don't sound very joyous, rejoice in our suffering. Not because suffering is good, but because we have the promise that whatever our situation, whatever our circumstance, whatever we're going through, the promise of God through the waters and the baptism is the same from birth to death, that whatever we experience, we do not experience alone because God who calls us into relationship sticks with us through the whole thing. Amen.